Hey, welcome to the Healthy Steps with Nicole podcast, where it is my goal to help you see what is possible for your business, for your life, and for the sales that are going to get you there. Get ready to be inspired and supported while you launch and grow your health and wellness business. I'm Nicole Kramer, coach, sales expert, and health and wellness fanatic. Each week, I will be having amazing guest experts that will share with us their knowledge on mindset, money, how to attract your dream clients, successfully close sales, and so much more. Selling doesn't have to be hard. You can have the confidence and the clarity you need to create and grow your dream business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this super special edition of Nicole's Sales Superstars. Every Wednesday, I bring amazing speakers in here to talk to you about different aspects of your business. And this week, we have somebody that we've never had anything like this in this group before. So I am so excited. This is my friend, Diana Needham, and she is here to talk to us about how to write the right book for your business. So Diana, welcome. I know that you are considered the business book shepherd. So I love that. Tell us more about you and what that means. Yeah, well, what that means, you know, for everybody, I'm sure everybody here on the call, you have a big message or you're here for a reason. You have a story, you have something that you want to share. And if you could package that up, if you could package up your expertise and your wisdom and your experience in into a book and leverage it to grow your business, would that be something you'd be interested in? Right. And so yeah. the thing is, when people come into my world and Nicole and I were just talking about this, they have an idea. As I'm saying this, you might have an idea that came into your mind. It's like, oh, I could. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe I could write about, you know, whatever. OK, so you have an idea, even if it's vague. What I do is help people, and the reason I've kind of been called the business book shepherd is I take you by the hand and and we will go through this process together. So you come in with an idea, even if it's vague. And at the end, eight months, I have an eight-month program called the Business Book Accelerator. We actually have something that looks like this in your hand. Launched, written, launched, published, and launched with an Amazon bestseller designation. So what does that mean? Well, that sounds all you know, eight months, and I've been doing this for a long time. So I have a proven framework for how to do this. You know, it's, it's possible for anyone that's watching or listening to the replay. Wow, eight months, eight months, start to finish. That is, are you all hearing this eight months, she takes you through and hold your hand. I love that part that you're like, I hold your hand, like I'm a, I'm a big, I like my hand being held through new things that I'm doing. And I think that's amazing that um, you've had a lot of success with doing this for people. as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've shepherded over 80 authors through the process to get their Amazon bestseller designation. So I do have, I do have a proven process. But you know, as we're talking about this, you know, the reason that the shepherd thing is so applicable is that you are in a vulnerable place. Mm-hmm. Like what you're sharing is your big message. It's what's in here. You know, it's it's what it's what's driving you. It's why you have a business. And it's a scary thing to do for a lot of people. And so the hand holding, the holding the space for the moments where Oh my God, am I going to be able to do this? Is anybody going to read this? Is maybe just my mom's going to read it? <laughs> Is this really going to make a difference? Like we all have moments like that yep. where you just need somebody to remind you of why we're doing this. Yep. 
That's and that so everything awesome. will be fine. We're going to get to the finish line. Yeah, we might have had a little bump over here, but that's okay. It happens. It happens to everybody. We'll just figure it out. Keep a lot of writer's block along the way. Um, yeah, not so much about writer's block. I think it's uh, as we get closer to the launch, people mm-hmm. start feeling really vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to put this out for the world to see. Mm-hmm. And there are moments where that has it takes a toll yeah right and people push through it and we launch we always launch and they're always excited and it's it's amazing it's amazing to watch somebody go get to the finish line with something that they weren't a hundred percent sure they could do at the beginning I bet that's so rewarding once they finally do it and it happens and it's so exciting yeah and what's really exciting is what happens afterwards it's like now they have this book in their hand now they have this this book that it's a marketing asset. It's a tangible thing mm-hmm. that they can share with clients, with colleagues. They can use to build their referral network. It opens doors for them to get on podcasts. It's a lot easier to get on a podcast if you are an author. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, so it opens doors and amazing things happen yeah. that they never could have even imagined at the beginning. Wow. That's amazing. What made you... What got you into writing books? Well, you know, I, as probably a lot of people that are on this call, I spent most of my career in large corporate. I was Mm -hmm. in the banking world. And at some point, you say that's enough. I was in the banking world and we had actually grown our branch, our network into 14 states. We got bought by Chase. Okay. So there was a merger and downsizing and a lot of job alone, you know, you, you know, like what happens in the, in that world, it became a very sh- more, it was always stressful, but it was even more stressful because we were used to being the bank that we were buying you. Right. So we, I was coming with the head of acquisitions on the corporate jet to your bank where he was talking to the, you know, and I was over here talking to the credit card people because you were coming onto our system. That's the way it, you know, that's the way it worked. Now, all of a sudden we are getting purchased by Chase. So we are in a different chair. Nobody knew who was in charge. There's a lot of, there's a lot of things that happened and I voluntarily raised my hand and said, I love y'all, but I got to (laughs) go, you know, I just, it was, it was not a happy place because what I loved the most about my career was mentoring people. Mm -hmm. And when you take that away, because I spent my days from 8 a.m. till 9, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night in meetings about this merger, um, I had no time to work with my people. So the joy of my career all went away with that. And I woke up one day and said, this is just not, it's not fun. I, I don't, this is just not what I want to do. So anyway, I got my coast. I have three coaching certifications and then I, so I did a lot of marketing strategy. I'm all about strategy and I'm going to talk a little bit about that in the, when I share with you, like it, we have to start with the strategy. We have to have an end in mind for this book. We don't just write a book for the sake of writing. Well, you can, I do not advise that. Um, so we, we want to have a strategy, but you know, when the first author showed up and said, you know, my book's been out for a year. And I just don't have any traction on it. And I don't know what's wrong, but can you help me with that? You know, and we were able to revive that book and relaunch it and, and do some amazing things. I just fell in love with authors. So 
I've been doing the author. I just love working with that. That's my whole business model. That's all I do. And um, so you learn by coaching people through like that first person that you said she had written a book or he had written a book and it just hadn't gone very well when they initially launched it. So you helped through that process and that's what gave you like the start to doing this now. Yeah. Yeah. And it's much better if you do the right things from the very beginning. Like someone told her she should write a book. So she did. Right. She'd written all these articles and she created this book and it was an it's a it's a beautifully done book, but it's not targeted enough. Mm. It was written to like women in general. Mm-hmm. So women, it was sort of women's empowerment. Half of it was women's empowerment and half of it was like written to women leaders. That's mm-hmm. too disjointed. It's there's, it's not targeted enough. So at the end of the day, she sold 50 copies to friends and family. Right. You know, that's not why we spend all this time, blood, sweat and tears to pour into a message to get the, to get a book. out. It's not that it was wasted. After we revived that book, she went on and wrote the book that she was supposed to write, <laughs> the the one for the women leaders. Right. That she was really, if someone had asked her the strategic questions that I asked clients at the very beginning, she wouldn't have written, she wrote the wrong book. I, so that's kind of how I landed on this. I help you write the right book to get the result that you want for your business. And it all comes down to strategy. It reminds me a lot of like choosing a niche as a coach. Yeah. You know, like make sure you're targeting the right audience because you want the people who are receiving it to be sure that it's for them. Exactly. Yeah. Why would you want to write it for the people that you really don't want to work with? Right. right. So, yeah. yeah. You're going to attract the wrong people that you don't want to work with, right? Yeah. So, yeah. We so that's a- kind of a long, long one to answer. But, you know, when authors sh- showed up and I'm like, oh, I love them. Like they have this big message. There's a mission behind this. It's part of What's the most joyful, one of the most joyful things too for me is being part of the ripple effect of this author getting their message out, whatever that message might be. Knowing that I'm part of that, that book is going to be out for a long time. People are going to, 25 years from now, people might be picking it up in a thrift store, right? I mean, anything could be happening. And I was part of that. Mm -hmm. I was part of birthing this and Mm -hmm. helping them grow their business. So anyway, that's really joyful for me. I love it. That's, and it's such a, it's such a great point. It's one of the things I love about the work that I do. It's like people are getting healthier in this world and I'm a part of that. If I'm helping somebody get their message out in a way that they couldn't, you know, weren't able to do on their own, like that's really cool to know that the world is becoming a better place because of it. Yep. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So have you actually, have you written books now on your own? Like, have you written your own Yeah, book? I have, I have two and and this is one of the things I know that I, I, people have asked me, like, do you have a book like about your process? And I don't right now. So, you, you know, it's got something else that works. You're showing people how to do it. I know. I know it's uh, I, cause I do have a process and a, a system that works and it's always strategy first. So yeah, it's on my list. Yeah. I love it. So, okay. So you've written two books and now you've helped over 80 people write and publish their own. Yeah, more than 80, 80 people with their bestseller designation. Wow. I've actually worked with people who the Amazon bestseller designation wasn't necessarily their biggest goal. Mm-hmm. Like, so I was telling somebody yesterday, I've actually worked with three chaplains. Yeah. Wow. Three chaplains. And so, you know, their message, 
is very different. Like they're not growing a business. So a bestseller campaign was not their, was not their goal. Uh, So I've helped more people just, you know, get their book out and actually publish, but over 80 people that have their Amazon bestseller designation. So it's really fun working with the chaplains too. Is it? What do you enjoy about it? Yeah. I mean, they have, well, I'll show you because I have a couple books like this whispers in the morning is a devotional. Uh-huh. Wow. This amazing gentleman is a chaplain in the VA hospital in San Antonio. Okay. And so he works with veterans with PTSD and this is his message to the world. Wow. So he first wrote whispers in the morning. This is his like devotional for the morning. And he said, it's important to me to publish by mother's day. This was 2019. And uh, before I could ask him any questions, she said, I want to honor my mom. This is my first mother's day without her. It's important to me to publish this book before mother's day. Yeah. And we, so we did in April, we had this out like in April. And then this April, this past April, he published his second one called Evening Echoes. And this is his like evening devotional. But anyway, I just I loved working with them. They they have a they have a different it's a different mission. It's part of my give back as working with those people. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. And it's so rewarding for you just to see that come to fruition, especially when it has such a significant meaning as well to his, you know, devotion to his mom. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, one of the things, one of my big missions is to help you write, not only help you write the right book, but avoid wasting time, money, and effort. Now we just talked a little bit about this client who spent all this time, blood, sweat, and tears and money publishing a book to sell 50 copies, primarily friends and family. Now that wasn't wasted, but that's certainly that's part of my big mission is to make sure that we don't end up in that statistic. And as I said, I have a process that's eight months. So start to finish, it's eight months, business book accelerator. You start here, come here. It's a small, intimate group of authors all on the same path together. And that's, that's my big mission. And we're all here to make a difference. And we just talked a little bit about this. So I won't spend a whole lot of time about, you know, why is it important, right? Like what could you expect when you're a published author, I want you to think about, remember when we used to be able to go to events live? (laughs) Yeah. We used to be, you know, we used to be able to go to, to, to events live. And um, I want you to think back to when somebody that you really respected was introduced and they took the stage and they were introduced as the author of title of the book Mm -hmm. or the best-selling author of Mm-hmm. If you've ever been in the audience with Jack Canfield or, you know, any of the big luminaries, you know that you, how you viewed them shifted. Mm-hmm. Even if it was someone you'd never seen them before, you never heard their name before. When they are introduced as an author, we automatically view them differently. Right. And they've done something that over 90% of the population says that they want to do. Very few people actually do it. Right. So, you know, not only is it it's about making a difference, you know, for a lot of us, we know that there are people in the world that perhaps financially can't invest in our programs. Mm-hmm. Almost anyone can invest 15 or $20 to buy a book. Yep. And I, I would almost bet you 
that anyone here with us right now has had your life change by reading a book. Oh, yeah. I know that I have. I just got chills when you said it because there's been so many books that truly have been life changing. Yep. So, you know, when you when you are an author, you become almost an accredited instant authority. And, you know, for all of us, there are other people that do what we do, mm-hmm. right? There are other sales coaches, there are other health coaches, there are other publishing people, you know, there are other people that do what you do. When you have a book and you are an author, you stand out from them, the rest of the people. Some of those people have never even written a good article, <laughs> let alone, let alone, you know, written, actually written a book. So it really is kind of a shortcut to building your reputation and building credibility. Uh, And I talked a little bit earlier about opening doors for opportunities. I know myself that when you are a published author, it makes getting on the bigger podcasts so much easier. Mm -hmm. Podcast host, again, views you differently because you have a book. It also allows you to attract just your ideal clients. And we talked a little bit about, you know, you're going to write this book specifically for the person that you're here to help. Mm-hmm. So it allows you to attract your ideal clients. People are going to pick up this book and it's going to resonate. It's going to speak to them. Right. Because it's going to you're talking directly to them when you know yep. who you're writing it for. Yep, exactly. And another kind of side benefit that a lot of people don't really think about at the beginning of this is that it builds your confidence Mm -hmm. because as you are articulating your message in written form inside of a book, you become much more clear about who you're here to help, what your big message is. You're proving to yourself that you can do this. Mm -hmm. And here's what I tell, well, I tell all the new people that come into my business book accelerator program. This is what they get in the welcome video. I say, you probably aren't going to believe this when I tell you, But trust me that this is true. When we cross the finish line and you have this book in your hand, you will be a different person than you are watching this video right now. Now, that might sound crazy to you right now, but I know that that is true because at the end of the day, eight months from now, when this book is in your hand, you will look back on the day that you watch this video and you will look in the mirror and realize you are not the same person because there is a transformation that goes on. Yeah. And the person that changes the most in this process is the author. Yeah. Oh, I love that. It's such a journey, I'm sure. Yeah, it really is. Because yeah. it, it takes a lot. I mean, I've never written one, but I just know what you said earlier really resonates with me where if I know somebody has written a book, even if it's not like known as a bestseller, I just right away, I have respect for them for the fact that they could sit down and do it and discipline themselves to go through that process. Like, I have trouble sitting down and writing an email without, you know, completely freaking out. I'm like, wow. So right away, just the, the brevity of what they've taken on and what they've been able to accomplish in completing it is amazing to me. And it's just, uh, you know, putting your words into, into written form like that isn't an easy task. Yeah, that's for sure. That's amazing. So I just, you know, I know that there are like four big myths that, I hear a lot. And so let's just get those out of the way. And one of the first ones that I hear is that I actually need a publishing deal. Mm -hmm. I need to get a publisher 
to take my book in order to be a published author. And that is so far from the truth. And the reality is publishers are in business to make money. Mm-hmm. And they are not going to take your book. They're gonna, well, the first thing they're going to ask you is how big is your community? Mm-hmm. How big is your social media following? How big is your email list? How many influencers do you know? What's your whole network look like? How many connections do you have? Because at the end of the day, it's a business transaction to them. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, there's nothing wrong with that. But you do not need a publishing deal. You do not need anybody to give you permission to write what's in your heart and in your soul to share with the world. Oh, I love that. You don't need anybody's permission. And even if you found a publisher to take your book, by the time you shopped it around and, and talked to all these, engaged an agent and got it, and you're going to lose probably two years of your life. I just told you in eight months, the book can, could be in your hand. So you don't need a publishing deal. It, you just, you just don't. Mm-hmm. And if, if, if that's in your, in your mind and you think that that's important, I'd be happy to have, happy to have a conversation, but it doesn't make sense to me from a control perspective. It doesn't make sense to me from a monetary perspective. I would want you to uh, like own your own intellectual property, get all the royalties, all the money that you generate from this book belongs to you. And you, you don't have anybody that wants to change the cover, change the content, re-edit it, have any control over it. But that's, that's just my view of the world. I have so, a friend who went through a nightmare with that because she did have a book deal and they basically did own the rights to the book and the cover and everything. And she like saw no money from it and they made decisions about it that she didn't, but it was her words and her writing, but it didn't matter. I know. See, and that's the thing. It's like when someone is, they have their heart set on that. All I can say is read the fine print, mm-hmm. read the fine print and make sure that you understand what you are giving control, you're giving them control of certain things. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, I think what people are really enamored with is they think the publisher is going to market the book. Mm -hmm. Marketing is the thing that most of us don't want to (laughs) do. It's like, oh, if I just have a publisher, if they're going to take care of all that for me, and when the world all opens up, I'm just going to pull up to Barnes and Noble. There's going to be this line outside the door, and I'm just going to go in and sign books. Well, that is not how it works. <laughs> it is just not how it works. I mean, the marketing really belongs with, to the author. It is your responsibility. It's your message. They are not going to market your book. They might do a book trailer. They might put your book on their website. You know, once they that's Publishers publish. They do not launch. They do not launch. I just worked with an author. We launched her book on November 10th. She was with the publisher. She showed up. She's in my Facebook community. And she said, can you help me with my launch? Because the publisher can't answer any of my questions. They can't tell me. They they have no, I don't know what to do. They're going to put it up on Amazon, but what am I supposed to do? Um, How am I supposed to launch this? They They can't answer my questions. So we launched her book on November 10th and it was a struggle because the publisher is a third party and they control the Amazon account. They also, we were able to work everything out, but they control the pricing. They control a lot of things. So I would just say, if you're thinking about that, make sure you read the fine print so that you don't end up like Nicole's friend. You know, if they give you a $10,000 advance, let's say, 
That's an advance towards royalties. That's not money in your pocket you get to keep. Oh, so anything that comes in from the sales of the book is just coming out of that 10K that they've already paid you. It's not on top of. You're not getting, you're not getting paid anything until they get their $10,000 back. Hmm. It's a business deal. Yeah, for sure. And I don't, I don't mean to sound mean, but I mean, I just, you just need to understand it's a business deal. It it makes sense. I mean, they, they have to make money from it too. They're in, they're in business. Like they need, it needs to make sense. Yep. Yep. Informed, informed person in that process. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we're just so enamored that we want somebody else's name on it or we want, we think that's that. Well, look at the price you're paying for that cachet, if you want to call it that. So I, I'm just all about control yourself, you know, control it yourself, control mm-hmm. like you have license, like the cover, this this thing I just showed you, like whispers in them were like, we own this. He owns it. I don't own it. I mean, I, you know, he yeah. owns this. He owns all the intellectual property. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's his. Yeah. No, there's nobody else's name on it, yeah. but his company. Yeah. And you're right in the moment. I'm sure it doesn't seem like a big deal because you're just, you're enamored. You're excited. There's a novelty of like, oh my gosh, I just got a book deal. You're not thinking through all the long-term potential repercussions, um, you know, because you're just excited in the moment. Yeah. I actually worked with two amazing authors who published a very niched cookbook and it was specifically for people that have thyroid and anti-immune issues and Hashimoto's and you know, all of those things. And it was the most beautifully done cookbook I have ever, it was half cookbook and half research. So one of them was like the nutritionist and the, you know, the lady putting together the recipes and the other lady was doing all the research and it's a most beautiful, they paid thousands and thousands of dollars for food photography for this book. And blood, sweat. And I mean, I cannot imagine what these ladies went through to get the book the way that they wanted it to be. After we published and after we launched, they were approached by HarperCollins. Why? Because they had momentum behind this book. They'd already because, done they had, because they had a community, because yeah. they had established themselves, you know, because it's a very niche book and there's a target, there's a market for that. Mm-hmm. They were really excited. We all would be right. I mean, we'd all would be excited about that mm-hmm. until they read the fine print and they turned it down. They said, we, you know, we, we've invested so much of our own budget of every, of our own life. We've sacrificed our, you know, time and, you know, we're not willing to sign that over to anybody. Yeah. Hey, I'm interrupting you real quick because I know you're enjoying this podcast and I know you're listening to this podcast because you care about your business. You care about the people you work with and you want to help people. As a matter of fact, you want to help more people. But I bet you often ask yourself, where am I going to find clients? And I've got your answer. I have a free training video for you. It is called 33 Places to Find Clients and it comes with a workbook where you can take notes on all the 33 places that I give you. So I want you to get this downloaded. It's free. Get it today because ultimately it's going to help you understand where to go every day to interact with people so that you can start to get more clients and help more people, which is the goal of all of this. So go to healthystepswithnicole.com backslash 33 places, download it, watch it. I can't wait to hear from you and hear what you think about it because this is going to be a game changer for you to know every day where you need to go and what you need to do to find more people to become your clients. Okay. Now back to the show. 
Good for them. And they had you through that process to help them understand what the fine print really meant and what they were giving up. Oh yeah. They, they, they sent me, they sent me the, yeah, they sent me things anyway. All right. So I've got like the publishing thing is like, that's kind of a bonus myth, but you know, myth number one is really writing a book is going to take me so long, right? Mm. I'm going to be writing this book for two years or however long. No, you're not. (laughs) Because here's the thing. If you're writing a book to your ideal client, you already have the information. Mm. You don't have to go research anything. You're not going to go look anything up. You know, if if there's somebody here with us live and you want to like put in a chat box what your topic is or what you help people with, we'll just we'll play with that. Oh, I like it. Did you all hear that? Put it in there. Let's hear some comments. What's your topic that you want to talk about? And we're going to play around with it, says Diane. Yeah, like, what, what, what do you help people with? Because, you know, you might not think about it. Even if you don't have a process written down, mm-hmm. you have a process. Mm-hmm. We all have a process. Mm-hmm. I have a process for authors. It happens to be written down. Mm-hmm. And I have training and templates. And like I tell my author clients, you will never start with a blank piece of paper on anything. Because I have a template for everything. Mm-hmm. Because I know that if we're looking at a blank piece of, you know, a blank word screen with the, the cursor blinking. It's, it's a pro- psychological effect, right? We're, we're probably not going to get anything written. Right. But, you know, that you have a process. Mm-hmm. You may not have written it down mm-hmm. yet. Okay. But you have a process. So anyway, I'm interested in what what people do so we can kind of play with some examples. Yeah. So Melissa has co-parenting. Okay. You want me to read the other one? Mm Co-parenting. Okay. Meaning from a divorce perspective? Divorce perspective. Yep. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if it matters, but there's two divorces in that. There's one child, two divorces, and she's got a lot of knowledge on dealing with divorce and the co-parenting that is, you know, part of that process. Okay. So do you have a process that you take your clients through? Like the first, the the very first call that you have with them is, is there a, a starting point? Well, so here's the thing. In, in my experience, the flow. And again, this is about the flow of the book. We either are taking, we're taking one of two paths. One is process. So, and I have a process. And then the very first session, we're talking about, you know, there's an order, like I'm talking to them about this. And once they can grasp and understand and implement that, then I move to the next. Mm -hmm. Then we move to the next, like there's a process. There's when I say process, I mean, there's a sequence. Mm -hmm. There are things that I teach them in an order. Mm-hmm. That's one way that people write their book. Mm-hmm. The other way people write their book is not so much step-by-step sequential, but it is like big concepts. Mm-hmm. If I am in a co-parenting situation, what is the first concept I need to understand? Mm-hmm. What is the first thing that I need to get my head wrapped around so that I can be the parent that I want to be for the child that's involved in this. So Mm -hmm. it might be more concepts, Mm -hmm. not process, process. but Uh the concepts most likely need to be delivered in an order. Like you don't try to talk to people about the most complicated concept before you talk to them about this, 
the simple one, the simple things that they can do right out of the gate. Does that make sense? Totally. Yeah. I think that like that to me, because it's like, you can either go sequential, like chronological order through a process of something, or you can talk big chunks of like what you cover and, and how you, you give your information. Yep. So either way, either path that you take, you already have the content. That's the point I'm trying to make is it doesn't have to take you very long. Mm -hmm. So if you say my process is five steps, I'm making this up, but if your process is five steps, you write an introduction, five chapters, one on each of your steps, and your last chapter is next success steps, or where do I go from here? Mm -hmm. Not the conclusion. You never close, don't write a conclusion that says I'm closing the book and I'm done. That's not what we want. <laughs> is that because it's leaving it open to another book to be written? Your call to action, you should be moving those people to your email list. Right. Okay. So the, the where do I go from here is like your invitation, Got your it. summary of the book, and your invitation for them to come do whatever it is you want them to do next. Got it. Okay. So you see, does that sound simple? It introduction, really five yeah. chapters, call to action. Right. That's not that hard. I mean... I hope it doesn't sound like it's hard to anybody. No, I think it's because sounds- we already have the information. We might have to like sit and think through, okay, what's the right order? How would I articulate that? What does mm-hmm. the content inside each chapter need to be? I can, I have templates. For, I mean, I can help with that. If it's concepts, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Introduction, the concepts you want them to teach. Why are they important? Mm-hmm. Um, how, what's your, what is your process around that concept? Whatever it is called action. This is not that hard. This is why I say it doesn't have to take you that long. In my world, your first draft, and let's just be honest, our first draft of anything is crappy. <laughs> yeah. It's a brain dump. You know, it's a it's our best thinking that we can get out of our heads and out of our hearts onto a piece of paper, right? So we're not gonna publish that first draft. Yep. The worst thing we can do is keep editing the first draft and never write the the first chapter and never write the second. (laughs) So just get it out, get it out. You know, it's Liz Gilbert or Brene Brown. You would probably know, but one of them calls it the shitty first draft. Just get the shitty first draft. Just get it. I mean, because it's still us on a piece of paper. No one else can help you. We don't know what you're thinking. We don't know what your concepts are. We don't know the order you have it in. Like we don't, you have to get it. You have to get it all out. So yeah. getting it all out of your head and out of your heart. And in my world, that needs to happen in the first eight weeks. Mm-hmm. All right. So just think of, I just said seven chapters. You got eight weeks. The first week is all strategy. Mm-hmm. Could you write a chapter a week? Could you write a chapter a week? Yes. Could you write 10 to 12 pages, one chapter a week? If you had a template and a process to follow, could you write a chapter a week and have your first draft done in the first eight to 10 weeks? Wow. Like even just from what you said, like not looking at a blank sheet of paper, looking at the templates that you obviously include and in what you do is probably a game changer for people because they don't feel so stuck with staring at a blank page. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, you know, myth number one is like, this is going to take me a long time. It doesn't have to take you a long time. It really doesn't. So we've got some answers from Melissa. She says, um, so co-parenting is her topic. She said, first, she talks about their divorce story. 
Then I address the areas they need to focus on healing in order to transition to the next stage. Then I discuss the co-parenting dynamic and the issues related to it and how they desire to see it. Last is how to maintain and continue self-growth. She said, you'll love this, Diana. My first draft marriage was crappy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. I think some of us could relate to that. So, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So that's that sounds there is an order because I can see there's an order. There's a logical, you know, order to that. There's also a concept piece to that. And like underneath each one, you would be talking about different facets. Mm -hmm. So writing 10 to 12 pages for each one of those, does that sound daunting? I'm, I'm curious about whether, whether it does. I wonder. Yeah. Let's, let's hear it. Melissa, does it sound, I, I have a feeling she's going to say no, because for how quickly she was able to come up with her process, I would think she's got the right, you know, information in her mind to be able to come up with 10 to 12 pages. Okay. Those. We'll yeah, see. Awesome. Yeah. So that's really, is that really what it is? Like for each section that somebody identifies, you suggest 10 to 12 pages approximately that they would. Yeah, because here at the end of the day, what we want, Mm -hmm. and again, this is a place where size does matter. Um, (laughs) At the end of the day, we need, again, we need formatted to six by nine. This is six by, the six inches by nine inches is a standard business book size. Mm -hmm. You can do smaller. This is a standard business book. We want at least 100 pages, six by nine. What that means is like 75 to 80 typed pages, eight and a half by 11. If you give me a manuscript that's 75 to 80 pages, standard Word document, eight and a half by 11, we will have over 100 pages formatted to six by nine. Why is that important? Because if you want your author name and the book title printed on the spine we got to have enough pages to print on interesting I wouldn't have thought about it like that if it's less than 100 pages there this is blank because it's too thin to print anything on now I'm like looking at all of mine like I have the science of getting rich which is probably an exception anyways but it's so thin there's nothing to print on the on the spine yeah and and we don't think about that so that's so 75, 80 pages on Word easily. I mean, and if you want to add images, like there's there are ways we can, you know, make it. If you want to add, if you have questions at the end, some sometimes people will add. You ever notice in a book, sometimes people ask questions at the end. Mm-hmm. Every chapter, there'll be like some questions to answer. That's another way you can put in a few pages with lines. You know, there are ways that we can increase if you if you think your content is a little bit light that mm-hmm. we can do that. But but my point here is it doesn't have to take you very long. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, if you really thought about this and, and had an outline, you need an outline before you start writing. You don't want to just write, like start writing. Mm-hmm. But um, if you had an outline and started writing, I mean, eight weeks from now would be what? Middle of February, Valentine's day, your first draft could be in your hand. Yeah. Not just bad. Say. You have your first draft by middle of February. Yep. Yeah, the next the next myth a lot of people have is like, you know, I am just not a writer. I'm just not like this is not my thing. <laughs> and Nicole's raising her hand. You know, it's just not my thing. And I think that sometimes what we when we say that, when we think that, what we see is remember that ninth grade English teacher we had? 
you know, the one that every paper she gave us back had the red marks all over it. Maybe I'm the only one that remembers that. Mine anyway. was senior comp. It wasn't my freshman year. It was senior comp and I got red pen everywhere. Yeah. So, that, so you know, the fact you don't have to be a good writer. You just have to have a message that you want to communicate. That's why they're editors and that's why there's proofreaders and that's why there's beta readers and that's why there are people to help you hone your content. You don't need. And here's the other thing. If you are not somebody that wants to sit your butt behind your computer and type speak it out. You don't have to type it out. Speak it out. Now, what that means is you have to have an outline. So you have to know, pick that one of your topics. Like you got to figure out, okay, I want to tell them about this. I want to put in a case study or a, a client story here. I want to reinforce with this. I have some statistics I want to share. Then I have my recommended process. Like this is my outline for chapter one. Mm -hmm. speak it out. You okay. speak it out. You can have it transcribed. You can use Otter. I mean, you can, you can like, now you got your first crappy draft of chapter one. I love that. Don't that keep editing chapter perfect. one, move to chapter two, whatever chapter two is. And after, after a while, and I have a little, like a little outline for this. Once you get that first chapter written, now your brain is on, okay, I'm going to open with this. I'm going to, I'm then I'm going to talk and then I'm going to talk about this. And then I'm going to talk about this. The second chapter will go faster. Mm -hmm. The third chapter will go faster. Like mm -hmm. it will get faster. It's that first one where you really have to think about it. It's almost like driving a car where you have to think, do I look in the rearview mirror? Do I, do I have the brake on? <laughs> I, but the, after you get the first chapter written, it becomes a lot easier. Right. So you don't have to be a good writer. There's a lot, a lot of people that have published books. If you ask them, they would tell you they're not a good writer. Mm. You just need to have a big message and be able to get it out and let people help you polish it. We're not going to publish your first draft. I promise we're not. <laughs> Myth number three, then this is like the biggest lie that we tell ourselves is that I am not well known and no one is going to care about what I have to say. It's mm -hmm. a big one. Anybody here said that to yourself? Just like the, even the thought of like, if I'm going to write a book, no one's really, nobody really cares about that. You yep. know what? The only thing that your audience cares about is, can you help me? Mm -hmm. Melissa has a process to help parents. Yep. Nicole has a process. We have a process. You are not here on this call and in Nicole's world for nothing, right? You're here for a reason and you have a message and you have, here's the other thing. And this is a sobering thought that I feel compelled to say, there are people waiting for you. Oh, I love that thought. I mean, here's the thing. How, how many of you have actually like, well, let's just take branding for an example. How many of you have read a book about branding and you just like, somehow got yourself through the first chapter and said, that's it. Like, I don't understand what this person's talking about. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's not interesting. And I folded it up and laid it down. I pick up story brand. If you don't are familiar with story brand, pick up story brand. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's storyboarding this out. He's, he's following a story. This makes, this makes perfect sense to me. I love it. it okay. What's the difference? The message resonates with me. Mm -hmm. The message resonates because of the spirit and the heart and the soul 
and the experience that the writer is bringing to the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it resonates with different people. Like that other brand book that you were talking about may have resonated with somebody else completely yep. different, right? Than it did Ex- with you. Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, the, the truth is, as we are working with clients, we're the culmination of all of our experience, mm-hmm. all of our training. I just told you, I, I worked 26 years in large corporate. I ran the program office for Chase. I look at a book as a project. That's why I can tell you it's eight months. It's a project. In my brain, you don't think about it as a project, but I'm looking at it as a timeline and this is the order and this is the sequence that we're going to follow to get to the end. And if you aren't a person that likes process, then you're probably not going to like working with me. <laughs> <Because that's, laughs> I mean, that's the only, I, could, I guarantee you eight months, but you've got to right. do your part. Right. So I'm not everybody's cup of tea and I know that and that's okay. But that's what I love that you just said that because that's, this is just a side note, but me as the sales coach, I'm always reminding people, you don't need to be everybody's cup of tea. You just need the cup of tea for the people who do need you. And there's enough people in this world who do that you need to find the courage to show up for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly. And this is the same, this is the same thing. So, you know, you're the only one with the experiences that you have, Mm -hmm. you know, Melissa with the co-parent, she's the only one that had the experience, that has the wisdom, that has the insights, that has the personal story to share with her readers. That was one of the things that makes you stand out. And we all have so much wisdom to share. But so the question is really not, can I help them? The question is, will I? Mm. Yeah. Because, you know, it's kind of a chicken and an egg because, you know, we can say I'm not well known and nobody cares about what I have to say. Well, no one even knows what you have to say mm-hmm. yet. Put your book out there. Yeah. It's, you know, you put your book out there. People will know what you stand for. They right. will know. And then you will become more well-known and then you'll start getting more and more podcasts. And then you're going to get more speaking engagements. And then you're going to get invited to come guest speak in other people's, you know, Facebook communities. And all these things are going to happen when you have the book. Mm-hmm. Because what would you be well known for before you've done anything that people can know of? Yep. So again, <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a it's kind of a chicken and an egg. Yeah. But if you're if you're here listening or watching, you know, watching this, and you're thinking nobody really cares, I really am going to challenge you on that because there are people waiting. They can only hear it from you. They can only hear it from you because of your experience, yep. the story that you bring. Yep. And again, they're waiting. So what's going to happen if they never get the message? Mm-hmm. Yeah. that's a sobering thought very much so because somebody you're right somebody's waiting on on you and like somebody who needs to write their book and get their message out into the world that you resonate with them may not have ever written that book if you didn't diana if you didn't have the courage to get visible and put yourself out there and offer your help to people and yep. i think that's one of the coolest things is when we realize us having courage to do what is in our heart means somebody else will have courage to do it as well. Yep. That's absolutely right. So, you know, you, you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, this all sounds like there's a calling in there. <laughs> Might be something in there for me to write. But where do I start? Like, where would I even start with this whole thing? Because yeah, I've kind of been jumping all over the all over the map here. But I tell you where I'm going to tell you that, that and this is where I start with with everybody. You got to share your story. Mm-hmm. So the very first question, when someone comes into my world, they want to talk to me about, they've got a book idea. 
they know that it's going to make a difference in their business. They know it's time. Like they just know. I don't have to convince anybody it's time to do that. They know. They already know. The very first thing I, I ask them is, why are you writing this? Why? What, what, what is so important about co-parenting, Melissa, yeah, let's that, you would, that you would write this book? And here's, here's what happens most of the time. I get what I call a head answer. Well, there's not very much information out about that. And what's out there is really, really confusing. And, you know, nobody really has a good resource. And people are kind of scared of this whole co-parenting thing. And so they kind of bury their head in the sand. And, you know, that, okay, that's all head answer. Do you, mm -hmm. you guys get that? Like, that's, that's up here. That's head answer. What I want you to do is give me the hard answer. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and the reason this is important is this is... <laughs> This is your introduction, my friends. Ooh. This is what's going to draw people in. This is what's going to pull those ideal clients, those people that you're here to help. This is what's going to pull them in. Drop us into a scene. Let me give you a real live example. Several years ago now, I worked with this lady who wanted to write a book about the blending of essential oils. Now, there are probably people here on this call that understand exactly what the blending of essential oils is all about. <laughs> Yay, Nicole. But I mean, I knew about essential, but I didn't know anything about blending. Mm -hmm. So I was asking her, she even, I met her in person and she brought these books, of, you know, she's all, I said, why are you writing? Tell me why this message is so important. And she goes, well, if you get a book about essential oils, there might be like two paragraphs about blending. And I actually run a meetup group and I teach people how to experiment and how to, you know, da, da, da. and she's like really into it. Well, that's all head answer. Mm -hmm. And I had a phone conversation. I remember it like it was yesterday. There's some moments, you know, that you always remember. And I asked her again, I said, tell me again, why are you writing this book? Why is this message so important? And there was like dead silence. It's very awkward. And so I said, was there a pivotal moment Something that happened to you or somebody that you cared about when it became so blindingly obvious to you that this was bigger than you and that you had to write this book, that you had to get this message out. What is it about blending of essential oils? Like what's in here? Mm -hmm. And again, there's just like this long pregnant pause that was very uncomfortable. I'm holding the space because I know there's something in there. Mm -hmm. And she said this, my husband was diagnosed with leukemia. On the third day of his treatment at the hospital, I'm not even sure how I got to the hospital. Somehow I got my car parked and I got in inside the building and I pushed the elevator and I got up to the fourth floor. I'm not even sure how I got there. They haven't told me anything. I don't know if he's going to live or die. I get in the room and the doctors and the nurses are rushing all around and they still haven't told me anything. Somehow in the midst of that, I pulled those little gripper socks off his feet. And I noticed that there was a yellow coating that had formed in the soles of his feet. And in that moment, I knew that if I blended three drops of this and five drops of that and six drops of this other thing, I could massage his feet. That was the only thing I could do to help him in that moment. Wow. That's a real story. If Quite you were looking... If, you were, if you were looking for a book about the blending of essential oils and it opened with that, would you keep reading? 
Yep. Wow. But I was probably the first person she ever connected the dots of why writing this book about the blending of essential oils was important. She didn't even, it took her like the long pregnant pauses in that conversation. Mm -hmm. She was processing what I was asking. Mm -hmm. Wow. And what a powerful, like we don't tend to see that part as being such the powerful part that it is like, that's not even your story. And you brought real tears to my eyes when you're telling the story. That's how powerful it is. Yeah. So, so if you're thinking like drop us into a scene as if we're watching a movie, you know, when I told that story, third day of his treatment, Mm -hmm. I'm not even sure it's all present tense. I'm not sure how I got to the hospital, right? It's all present tense. It's all present tense. Like you're watching a movie, drop us into the scene, you know, It's 2.37 a.m. The phone is ringing. I got the call that I never, I prayed I would never receive. Mm -hmm. That's something. So I hope this is making some sense. Tell us, drop us into a scene of a story that you know is going to touch the heart of your ideal client. Mm -hmm. It's not just telling a story for the sake of a story. Now, like if I'm in this essential oils thing, she could have gone on to say, so if you're a caregiver and you're looking for a way to help the person that's in your care, this book is for you. Inside this book, you're going to learn how to da, 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 da. Or she could have like taken that same story and said, you know, whether you're a caregiver or you are a massage therapist or you are a, you know, whatever this book is for you. I've written this just for you because inside this book, you're going to discover how to use essential oils for aromatherapy for that. She could have gone different route, but it's the same story. Mm-hmm. I hope that makes some sense. And that's why I say that what's so hard for, for us is being vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's that that is her heart story. That is what's behind this book. Mm-hmm. That's why this is so important. Mm-hmm. And I would guess there's a heart story behind Melissa and why she does what she does. And the other people that gave, there's a heart story behind it. You got to tell us the story. And there's a fine line between oversharing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, tell us the story. You got you to gotta tell, tell us the story. Yeah. Pull us in so that we keep reading. Even like for Melissa, she's saying, I was alone in navigating my divorce and co-parenting. I never wanted another woman to do it alone. For her, the drop-in part would be like maybe one night where she's just sitting there on the living room floor in tears because she doesn't know what to do because her ex just came and picked up her child again. And she's like something like that where she's literally right there in the moment. Yep. Give us the heart. Give us the emotion. Give us the feeling. Mm -hmm. Be very specific. You know, it's like I just said, like it's 2.37 a.m. I got the call that I prayed I'd never received. Like that is a real, very specific. So give you, we need to know the story, then, then we can talk about strategy, right? Strategy really is about, again, who is this book for specifically? Who is this, who is this woman, this parent, you know, age, how many kids does she have? What's her economics? Does she have a job? You know, what is she reading? Who's she like? We want to want to think about who she following, who is she? What podcast is she listening to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what authors is she reading? Like we really want to dial in and 
if you haven't really thought about this, I mean, I really would encourage you to think about like the ideal clients, the people that you love, you loved working with them. They loved working with you. They got great results. It was like, no, everything was just perfect. They told you things in that time that you worked with them that you can pull out and you, you know, you can remember all they told me, they, you know, they're into holistic health. They go to the holistic chiropractor. They, you know, they read this magazine, they follow this podcast. They're always, every new book that came out from this one person, they read, okay, that's all important for us to know when it comes to launching this book. There's a reason we need to know that like early in the process. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we need to know who it is, what the problem is that we're solving. And this is another strategic question. At the end of the day, this book is in your hand. Tell me what's happening to you, for you, in your business. What's happening? Because at the end of the day, we want to know what the, if you can tell me what the result is you want, my brain starts reverse engineering mm-hmm. to say, oh, if that's what we want, then here are the people we need to connect with. Here are the kind of people we need to be looking for and building relationships with so that when we launch the book, we're going to ask them to help us promote and they will. Mm-hmm. Here are the podcasts we should be like, let's go do the podcast research we need to figure out. How do we get it? How do we get to be considered as a guest on those podcasts that your ideal readers are listening to? Mm-hmm. See, there's a reason behind where these questions. Mm-hmm. So what is the result that you want? And then we kind of re- reverse engineer. Like I do that. Like I'm a marketing brain. So I'm like, I'm thinking about all of that. This is another thing that makes me different than a lot of people that oh, there's a lot of people that will publish your book. Mm-hmm. They won't ask you anything about strategy. Right. They won't even ask you anything about launch. You're going to have a print book in your hand. Okay, great. What do you do with it? What are you supposed to do with it? Um, So anyway, it's all about, it's all about strategy. So the third thing you got to do, and you guys all know this is you got to build your community, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be constantly inviting more people into your world and intentionally. Now that we know who our, we know who our ideal reader is. We know who we're writing this book and we know where else they're buying things. We know who they're following. We know who the luminaries are in their world. Like we already, we know, we, we have some idea. We may not know it all, but we've got, we've got ideas. We know who that is. We need to start getting ourselves visible to those people. So I tell my clients when it, when it comes to endorsements for the book, you know, the comments that on the back cover of the book, mm-hmm. think big. If you could ask anybody in the world to endorse your book, who would it be? Ooh. think big Oprah and yeah and so <laughs> one one of my clients she Jack Canfield was the answer I said what's your relationship with Jack Canfield she said I don't have one I said have you ever been to a live you know have you ever heard him speak live no have you ever been in any of his programs have you ever invested in anything that he he no okay well that's going to make it a little bit more challenging but we found somebody who knew somebody who knew somebody that works inside his organization. And we were able to get a book in his hand and we get a book to him. Unfortunately, he didn't have time to really, you know, you have, it's, this is why I'm building these relationships early is important. If she had gone to see him in person and she had, instead of stampeding out to the coffee line, had stood there, shook his hand and said, Jack, 
I so appreciate what you just had to say about such and such, because that's the core message of my book. It's coming out in the fall. And I just want to thank you for being such an influence in my life. Do you think that three months before we launched this book, if she went back and said, remember me, I was at that speaking engagement. I mentioned about my book. Well, it's here. It's going to be here in three months. Mm -hmm. It would mean so much to me if you would be so kind as to take a look at the book. And if it, if you find value in it, would you be kind enough to write a couple sentences for my book cover? Would he remember that? Much more likely. But if you don't have any relationship with him and you're asking him. And this is, can I just say, this is perfect sales advice in general, like start the connections and the relationships. Now you don't want to ask somebody when you need it, plant the seeds, network with people. Like you said earlier, the ripple effect, like there's such a beautiful ripple effect that can come from that. So connect just to connect. Not with an intention of I need something from you, just yeah, yeah. So and just, it's it's identifying those people early in the process so that so that you do have time to nurture the relationship so that when it comes time for them to say, you know, hi Sally, I'm so excited my book is launching on Kindle on February 14th. You know, it's I know that you too care mm-hmm. about the needs of parents and your big message is tied to parenting as well. There's a way that you could be part of this. My big goal is to get my message in front of as many parents as possible on February 14th. Could I count on you to help me with that? That's a script. That's perfect. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a starting point Yeah. of how would you invite people? You're not inviting them to help you become a best-selling author, right? You are having them. You want them to buy into your mission. There's a difference. You want them to buy into your mission. If they care about parents too, you've been following them for a while. They've written books or, you know, you've heard them speak. They know that you're writing this book about co-parent. I'm, I'm picking on her right now because it's just the idea that got my brain. You offered it up, right? <laughs> that, whole thing, that whole, that it all works. Yeah. It all works. So, build, you know, building your community. Yeah, who her person should be is Glennon Doyle. Yep. Be a good a good person to endorse that book. She knows a thing or two about co-parenting. Yeah. Okay. So now, now we're ready to write the outline. Woo wee! <laughs> I know you guys thought we thought you thought we were never going to get here, or you thought that writing the outline right was like one of the first things. Uh-huh. But do you, do you see like the strategy part, the story, the big why? Who is it? I'm right. Like all of that. If we don't know that, we could easily go write the wrong book. Like this lady I told you about at the beginning. She mm-hmm. wrote a book. It's valuable, but it was written for two different audiences. Mm-hmm. And so she didn't get the result that she wanted. And she was heartbroken over that. Mm-hmm. So now we know what our outline is. Mm-hmm. Now we know the flow. Now we know who we're speaking to. Now we know the heart stories that we're going to put inside the book that are going to resonate with her. Mm-hmm. Like it is all more clear right now. And now then we can actually start writing. Wow. Yay. You know, finally. We're talking for those of us that talk our words. Or to speak it out, whatever, you know, now we can start, we can start writing. But I, I hope this makes some sense that writing is not the first step. Mm-hmm. It's this preliminary work. It's the strategy. It's confirming your direction. You know, it's making sure you're writing. That's why it's like, make sure you're writing the right book 
you're going to spend a lot of time, energy, you're going to spend dollars, a book does not fall out of the sky fully formed, you know, that's going to, it's going to, you're going to invest to actually make this a reality. Mm -hmm. And you know that the money is really coming on the other side of the book. Mm -hmm. You invest in having the, this asset in your hand, it's a marketing, it's a very powerful marketing strategy. The money is really coming from attracting those ideal clients into your world. Mm-hmm. It's coming from expanding your reach and being able to get in front of more people yeah. so that you can, attra- again, attract more clients. You can grow your business, you know, using, using your book as a marketing tool. So yeah, I hope that makes some sense. So if you are watching and listening to this and you're thinking, well, you know what? This sounds like something that I might want to think about for 2021. (laughs) I actually uh, have a Facebook community called Build Your Business with a Book. So if you wanted to come over, be part of that, uh, we have a lot of conversations in there. I go live there every week. And it's just an amazing community of people, entrepreneur authors, people that are on the same path that are looking to write, write a book or they've already written a book. Uh, they've got words of wisdom to share. I actually ran three bestseller campaigns in October. Wow. One a week. And uh, so I I ran an interview series inside of my group. I ran an interview series where the day of the launch, I actually brought on each of the authors and I talked to them at 5 p.m. on Wednesday, which is my time to go live in the group. Um, I brought them on and, and I had them share like their big what is your big, what is your big mission? Like, what is your big, what's the big heart story behind this book? Have you spent your launch day? What have you done today? They done what I told them. They were out on podcasts and they were out like promoting the book because I was watching the launch on the back, back side of it. And just like, where, where are we? Like the launch, it's at 5 PM. We started first thing this morning with the launch. Where are we with the launch? And like, I just, I entered, I just interviewed them. Then I brought all three of them on on a panel and let my my community ask them anything. And all of those are recorded like they're inside the group. I remember that. I remember you talking about that at the time because I remember thinking what a cool thing it was that they were. Yeah, it was so fun. It just so happened they were all launching on a Thursday and it was (laughs) every, you know, three launches in October kind of in a row. So that was that was fun. That's awesome. awesome. Thank you so much, Diana. That was amazing. I hope it was helpful. If nothing else, maybe it got you thinking a little bit about. It what? definitely got me thinking. And I, I know it like I'm, I was just watching, you know, the comments and obviously it got Melissa thinking and helped her a ton. But I think it really helped me see where, like you said, the outline, I think, was fourth. Yeah. And like how much you have to do to really pull the story at not how much you have to do, but like what's most important about what you're pulling out of you to put into the outline before you even sit down to write it. Yeah getting that story, that middle of the night, sitting on the bathroom floor, bawling my eyes up. And you know, when yep. you said that, it made me think of Liz Gilbert, because I remember in Eat, Pray, Love, her describing that, that scene of her just bawling her eyes out on the bathroom, you know? Yeah. And see, that's, what's going to pull people in. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep, they're going to keep reading good yeah. because they see themselves in that story. Mm-hmm. They see themselves. They have been in that place. They know that you get them. Yep. Yep. It's very relatable. Yep. This, this book, I was kind of showing you guys this book, Stroke Forward, How to Become Your Own Healthcare Advocate One Step at a Time. This book, we launched it the week before Thanksgiving last year, like a year ago. 
This is her journey through having a stroke at age 53 at the height of her career. Wow. She actually wrote it as a memoir. So she wrote it literally blow by blow from the moment that she started feeling a little bit funny. And she texted one of her friends to say, I'm not going to be able to make our coffee meeting. What she didn't know was her text was unintelligible. Like the person that got it couldn't understand anything that she was trying to say. And she did the very worst thing that she could do. She went to bed. And when she woke up, half her body was paralyzed. Wow. And she could hear her husband downstairs watching the TV. You know how they do. Like they're watch, she's watching sports. Mm-hmm. She's upstairs and she can't move and she can't speak. So she speak that she opens with that terrifying moment, like, you know, of all I know is I have to get to him somehow. Something's direly wrong with me. I have to get to him. And she willed her body off the bed and she drug herself inch by inch across the carpet to get to the door. And the door was closed. And in the midst of all of that, something fell, a lamp, like something fell. Her husband heard it. He runs upstairs. Marsha, are you okay? We got nothing. Marsha, can you speak to me? We got nothing. I'm calling 911, right? And so she starts the book with that. And it, she really wrote it as a memoir, blow by blow. Okay, who's going to read that? I'm like, tell me the rest. What happened then? I mean, but I mean, the rate we turned this into a business asset by, I, I was pulling out of her to say, what is the real, what is the real message behind this? I mean, blow by blow the story, like it's, it's, it's a story. I said, it seems to me, this is about advocacy. Mm-hmm. This is about becoming, and she, and she finished, she said, you know what? It's, it was really, I said, it seems like it's about you having to needing to be okay with your husband speaking for you because you couldn't, you had to trust that he could understand what the doctors were saying. Cause you couldn't, mm-hmm. you had to trust that he was making the right care decisions for you because you couldn't. Mm-hmm. The nurse took her into the bathroom, left her and left her, came back to straighten up the bed. She fell on the floor. He pretty quickly realized he had to protect her from the hospital because you don't leave somebody who's half their body is paralyzed in a bathroom by themselves. So, and before I could say anything else, she goes, it's really about, and it's really about the fact that I had to take that back. At some point I had to decide I was going to be my own advocate, that I was the only one that could decide I'm going to go brush my teeth, even if I know it's going to take me an hour and I'm going to have to go back to bed when I do it, after I do it. He can't do that for me. I could just sit on the couch. I had to become my own. So what we did is we took that, what was a memoir. And at the end of every chapter, it's tips for the caregiver and tips for the patient. So that right now she is out speaking to organizations that work with people that have brain injury of any kind. The fact that this book even exists is a miracle. Imagine what what it was like to try to write a book when your brain isn't functioning and you can't speak. She's a very inspirational story. Yeah. Not only did she get her voice back, she's an area manager for Toastmasters. Wow. And if she came on the Zoom call, you would not know that she had a stroke. See, this is what gets me excited. It's like I watched her do this. I watched her create something 
build a business out of it. If you go to strokeforward.com and go to her media page, you will see that she's been on at least 25 podcasts since we launched this book. That's so amazing. Getting her message out into the world for, like we said earlier, for the people who need that hope that she's giving them, that belief that she's giving them that, like you said, if she was on the Zoom call, we wouldn't believe she had a stroke. But the way you described it, it sounds like it was absolutely life-threatening in many ways all along the journey. And somebody yep. else is going through that journey right now and needs her story to give them hope. Exactly. Exactly. So I hope those examples, I hope those examples helped. Yeah. Well, it's been delightful to be here with you. I, I really appreciate everything you shared. You've gotten the wheels turning for a lot of people tonight, Diana. So oh, good. Thank you. Good. I'm I'm so I'm so glad, and it's 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 inspiring. I'm I'm always excited when I get to come share. Yeah. So Nicole, thanks for inviting me to come share with your community. And if I can help you in any way, you can find me. I'm pretty visible. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. Private message me. Come over to the Facebook group if you want. Just yeah. say hey, I've got an idea. You want to chat? I'm happy to do that. Awesome. It's my joy to do this. I love what I do. That. I can tell. I just, I love how much you love it and like just how proud you are of these authors that you've helped get their message into the world and you bragging about them like whispers in the morning. And, you know, it's just, it's so cool to see how much you really, really enjoy this. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's awesome. Yeah. Thank you again so much, Diana. I really appreciate it. All right. Awesome. Thanks for having me. All right. That is a wrap for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And by the way, if you like this, subscribe because there's more good stuff coming your way. Also, please leave a review. It would mean so, so much to me and it would help others who are considering listening to this podcast to understand how amazing it is. And while you're at it, why not share with a friend? And by the way, one last thing, I would love to hear from you. I would love to connect with you. So you got a couple options. You can check me out on Instagram at Healthy Steps with Nicole. You can find me in my private Facebook group, Nicole Sales Superstars, or you can go to my website, healthystepswithnicole.com. I would love to hear from you and I can't wait.